Um, but uh, you notice there doing the tents. Penix don't do no tents no more. I'm telling you, that thing there is a game changer. Uh, you come up there and take a trip with us, you too will appreciate that. Um, just uh, my army days are over, man. I got out of the Air Force in 20 years and spent the next 10 playing army. I'm just, I'm done with that, man. Um, turn your Bibles to John chapter number four. I'll visit with y'all for a little bit after the service if you have any questions. But I'd like to, man, it's, it's 20 minutes to quit in time. But some of y'all's, uh, you know, if, if y'all get tired of, you know, if, if you get done before I do, that's fine. The door's back there. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Um, I'm not as uh, goofy as Brother Shaver, but I do purpose. I told him last night, I warned him. I, I said, I'm going to have myself a fun time tomorrow. I always do. And I uh, didn't realize that uh, his version of a fun time is way more radical than mine. Praise the Lord. So uh, I probably look pretty moderate to you today. Uh, hallelujah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing some more announcements one of these days. That was good, brother. I loved it. In uh, John chapter number four, we'll read here about the uh, woman of Samaria who goes to the well and she gets saved. I taught out of uh, John 5 last Sunday or last Wednesday, and there we have a guy getting healed who was lame. And just a profound thought. You know, I've got, I love preaching a message, uh, just thoughts. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a paper in my Bible here. Um, I, don't, I don't know if, which page it's in here, if I can find it real fast. I'll just show it to you. Just handwritten notes, handwritten notes, uh, uh, top and bottom, uh, front and back, alternating colors, margins, etc. Just things that I got while I'm sitting there. You bring a pen and paper to church. I mean, there's, there's some words of wisdom here that I've recorded from what other men have preached, but just a profound thought, a statement that my pastor made in, in years gone by has just stuck with me. He said, not every, every person that Jesus ministered to got saved. And I thought, huh, I just, I never thought about that. I mean, you just assume, I mean, uh, a guy gets, gets healed, uh, blindness, leprosy. Uh, you'd think he'd be, become a true from the heart believer in Jesus Christ, but my friend, that's not the case. And, and, and that's profound, but, but it encouraged me in such a way that it took me back to another scripture that, that said that God giveth the increase. Um, brother, because you and me don't see 100 people a year get saved and we're not at the top of the list in the Sword of the Lord newspaper, doesn't make us any less servants of God. We're not accountable for the results. We're only, and I'm talking to the Christians out here too, we're only accountable to be faithful. Amen. That's it. I mean, it's, it is truly that simple. You mentioned, you know, about the kids and in, in teaching about getting a spanking. You know what, my, my kid, it's real simple not get a spanking in my house. Don't disobey. I mean, ha, ha, yeah, we're going to break the law. We are. But my kids understand they have never, they have never seen the wrath of the stick unless it was for disobedience. No other reason ever, not once. You know, and, and we talked about, I think it's article one, is it, I'm trying, 146 or article 92 of the military code, uh, the code of military justice. It, you know, we're talking about the law this morning. Uh, if, if these don't cover an offense we want to charge you for, Here's the gotcha one right here. This is the all-purpose one. And that all-purpose law in my house was don't ever do anything you've never done before without asking first. That's probably saved us a few trips to the emergency room. Four boys in Alaska, snow machines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's, we've just learned my kids are getting older. And my two oldest ones, they're out of the house. They no longer have that fear of wrath. And so they're telling stories that they things they did and got away with and stuff, and we're kind of like looking at these two going, you were there too. <laughs> yeah. 
But, you know, the, the thing is, what I'm getting at is, it's choices. You know, this woman we'll talk about made a choice. Uh, the man in the following chapter made the wrong choice. And there was much, and we'll go through this all the way to the first 30. I'm going to do the first 35 verses, but I, I will read this quickly, even though I'm from the South, because I've read it so many times. My kids have heard me preach. So if they nap, don't get mad at them. They, they've, they could preach this for me. They've heard it so many times. Um, I do have other messages, brother, but if God lets me, the first time I preach in a new pulpit, I'm going right here because I want to enjoy myself, Amen. and I love it. It's fun. Um, illustrating what happens here, but there's a dialogue happens here, and, and another thing I've learned after reading and preaching out of these chapters in the book of John, uh, brother, you, you, Kurt, I don't remember how long you said you've been in the book of Romans. I've been in the book of John. I thought it was just one year. It's going on two years in Stevens Village. Um, but I absolutely love it. And you look at this woman here, we're going to talk about here, there's a lot of dialogue back and forth between her and Jesus Christ. But in John chapter 5, the man that was healed, the, the, the lame man that, that waiting for the travel of the water by an angel, Jesus said, rise up and walk, and he's gone. He didn't say walk away. He didn't say just enjoy the, the, the liberty, the grace, the mercy here, the, the healing, the forgiveness. And let's talk. But he didn't want to stick around and talk to Jesus. He just left. That blows my mind. I, I'm, I'm still just, you know, I taught that just Wednesday, and I'm still just mulling that over. I'm thinking, that's crazy. 30-something years, been not able to walk, and then a guy just comes and speaks, and he walks, and he's not interested in even, he didn't even know who he was. Who healed you? I don't know. That was his answer. I don't know. That blows my mind. Christian, you realize we can do the same thing to God? That's right. He wishes to have a dialogue with us. He wishes us for being the, in, in church and forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a man or some is. And so much the more just see the day approach. Man, is the day not approaching closer today? Or Jesus returned than yesterday? Uh, well, yeah. You know, the, the, the spiritual, there's, there's a spiritual thing in this COVID-19 thing. Right. I'm not scared of it. I mean, I've got an appointment. Whether it's a car crash in 2020 or whether it's COVID-19 in 2020 or if it's Biden 21 that kills me, whatever it is, I've got an appointment. You know, my friend, you can, you can, you can forsake your liberty and you can live in fear, but it's not going to extend your life one minute. You have an appointment too. It's appointed unto men once to die. It's an appointment. You're not going to delay that. Come on, man. Sound like Biden. Don't Come on, man. Stupid idiot. That's not in my notes. I'm not the pastor here. I can be political. I will. Biden, biggest idiot Democrats ever nominated. Okay. All right. Lord God, I thank you for an opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you that we can enjoy fellowship. God, it's, 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 uh, it, you've given us examples of it. You've shown it to us. Um, we don't have to suffer as a Christian. We can be blessed as a Christian. We can enjoy versus endure. And God, I thank you for showing me that just in, in recent months. Lord, the, the things I've, I've lacked as a dad, as a husband, uh, and as your servant too. Uh, God, help us, Heavenly Father, just to leave here different than we came. God, I pray, Father, that you would bless each one that came today and convict the hearts of those that made a choice to not come. There may be some listening live on the Internet because they couldn't make it. I pray that you'd bless them, Heavenly Father. Just speak to each heart this morning. 
I thank you for liberty to preach here. Thank you, Father, for the kindness shown by Pastor and just the faithfulness of each one that's still here, Lord, after all these years. I pray, Father, that you would please uh, help us to do and say things be pleasing and honoring to you this morning. And that nothing would be done uh, that's not in your perfect will. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In John chapter number 4, here we go. Kids, you ready? You got your pillows? <laughs> all right. I already told you what it's about, but let's read it. Amen. This is John's account. Remember, these Gospels were written after Jesus had already gone to heaven. Okay, so this is stuff that's written after they saw it. And these aren't stories. These are real live accounts of what took place. These are real things that happened. These are real people. My Jesus is a real Savior. Amen. And if you don't know who he is, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through you must be born again and, and that uh, you're saved by, by grace through faith and not of works. I'm not going to go through all that. You already know it. But perhaps you're here and you've played church for your whole life or, or the last several years and you know you're lost on your way to hell. My friend, please don't walk out of here lost. Let me take you out here to my RV. That, the first trip I took that RV into the interior, a native Alaskan came inside of there, and I spent 45 minutes with that guy, and he received Christ. Amen. I would love to share the gospel with you thoroughly, but this message is for you who are saved, that you might be a missionary here in Bellingham. Amen. You probably won't be a missionary in Alaska, but although if God calls you, I'll be happy to show you everything that I know and put you under my wing and show you how to do the things that we know how to do, which ain't a lot, but I can keep you alive going back and forth into the bush. And I'm happy to help you any way I can this morning, but I want to have some fun this morning in this chapter right here. And uh, we're going to talk here about what Jesus and the woman of Samaria talk about and how she was changed forever. And you will see her in heaven one day, and uh, you're going to remember who she is based on John's recording. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. If you look at your Bible maps there, you'll see that going through Samaria is a, a direct route, a, a more direct route. And, um, but the Jewish people, because they did not like the Samaritans, they looked down their nose at them. We talked about Jews and Gentiles this morning. The Jews did not like any Gentile. And there's probably some mutual feelings there, but my friend, I, I tell you, if you look at the accounts here and stuff, you'll see that there's more of a humbleness with, with the Gentile people. You'll see that here with this woman. You, you, I, I wish I were a Jew. I wish it could be like you. Um, and not much mercy and, and grace shown by the Jewish people to the Gentile people. But here Jesus goes out of his way. He must needs go through Samaria. Why? Glad you asked. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then, the, uh, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now Jesus sat on the well. Uh, one of these chairs will come loose pretty quick, right? So we'll make this the well. And uh, I'm a sorry account of it. We'll pretend I'm Jesus sitting on the well. And this woman comes out of the city of Samaria. 
I always point to my left. I don't know why. I guess Samaria could be this way. I don't know. But the woman comes out of Samaria to draw water. And it's the sixth hour. It's a hot time of the day. Uh, she's, she's thirsty, no doubt, too, making that hike. And, and you'll see here she's got vessels. She, she's, uh, she brought a vessel to fill with water. And Jesus says, I'm sitting on the well. He's sitting on the well. He says, give me to drink. And she says, man, you're a Jew. Why are you asking me, a nasty, dirty Samaritan, to give you, give you water? Because you guys don't normally talk to us. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? She's thinking that he's talking about that she can drink water that he gives to her, and she won't ever have to draw water again. Watch what she says there. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his cattle, and his children? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me to drink, or give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Okay? She thinks he's talking about physical water. And, and my friend, there, the, here it is, Jesus using physical things to make a spiritual application. And that's just, that's what, I didn't go to a Bible college, brother. I got my training in two different Bible institutes at churches that I was a member of when I was in the military. And uh, OJT, man, preaching in the prison and stuff. And so I, I don't know how to preach other than just kind of give some principles out of the Bible and take some physical applications and make some, spir- or, or some, from, some physical uh, uh, accounts and make a spiritual application. That's all Jesus is doing here. He's the water. He's the light. He's the life. Um, what else is Jesus? He says, I am I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Uh, he says, uh, ye are the light of the world because he's gone now, right? He's the light in heaven, amen. There's no sun there. Don't need one because he's there. Amen, amen. the light. Um, he's the water, amen. He's, he's, he's salvation. Uh, the woman saith unto him, sir, give me, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Man, you know what? If this guy who's a Jew, who's told me to give him a cup to drink out of, it, uh, a, dr- a cup of water to drink, if he can give me his water, then I won't have to ever come here again. That's what she's thinking. And it would be to God that the guy on the next page over thought that this guy's trying to help me and then would have listened to Jesus speak some more and would have gotten saved that day. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not the husband, that's in that saidest thou truly. Uh-oh. He knows a little bit about me. My friend, Jesus knows all about you too. Amen. He knows all about me. He knows all about you. Uh, you can fake it here on Sunday morning and put your tie on and, know it, and, 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 and wear a pretty dress and do your hair up right. But hey, we all know, hey, I, I, know, how, I know how people wake up in the mornings, you know. Uh, yours truly saw myself this morning, and he needed a cup of coffee to get some help. Uh, uh, you wouldn't have stayed here if you saw me when I first got up this morning. But Jesus knows all about us, amen? You're not going to hide anything from him. Uh, you can live, if you live to be 100 years old down here, nobody's going to remember who you are. But you know what? Everybody up there is going to know all about you when you get there. Amen. If you get there, amen? You're not going to get there outside of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's trying to tell this woman right here. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. She's learning a little bit more that he's not just a, a guy coming by uh, uh, wanting a glass of water. 
And you remember there, it says there in uh, verse number 4, he must needs go through Samaria. My friend, there's people out here that need you to take the gospel to them. That's why Jesus went here. He could have got water somewhere else, but he came here specifically because he knows all things. He knows this one woman's going to come out here and, and need to be saved, and, and uh, he's going he's to share the plan of salvation with her. And my friend, that's what we need to be aware of. Amen. When we're thirsty, when we're weary, we want to sit down. Understand that, yeah, you can do that, but there's still people around you that need the gospel. We went to our last village there this, uh, the, on our summer trip there the first week in October, and, and Kyle, uh, a troubled man, I mean, a lot of trouble with the law, illegitimate kids, uh, uh, no doubt, drugs, alcohol, uh, he's uh, Caleb's age, between Nathan and Caleb's age, I mean, just what a contrast of the, the one young man that's in that village of four, and then the, the several young men that's on the boat, what a contrast. And it's because of salvation. It's because of Jesus Christ. There but by the grace of God go, I, I would be there. Friend, if it wasn't for salvation, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit leading me, if it wasn't for, for me obeying his leading, I would be right there with that kid, man. Amen. And you would too. And I said you would too. Amen. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, verse 20, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, woman... Believe me, the hour, that wouldn't go over today, would it? Woman, that's another message. Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what, uh, we, know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Abraham was a Jew, amen? But the hour cometh, I didn't, I didn't mean, I was, I was referencing the Sunday school hour. I'm not saying that Abraham saves, okay? And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just re referencing the good Sunday school message. So if you weren't here, yeah, you're probably trying to say that uh, Abraham saves. There's no song in my songbook about uh, Abraham saves, Jesus saves, amen? Um, thank you for the amen. smile there. Um, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is. This hour. This hour. It's 11 o'clock. This hour is almost gone. And I will go into the next hour, but like I said, if you're done before me, go ahead. <laughs> this, but the hour cometh and now is. Now is the day of salvation. Amen. Now is the accepted time. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. I've read this a hundred times, just got something new, probably 104 times. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Jesus is referencing some Samaritans. You're going to see that in just a minute. The Father seeketh, okay? The Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Amen. She got it. Yeah. All this stuff she had heard about the Jewish religion that she wished she could have the blessing of, she now understands, I can have this for myself. Amen. Jesus says, I that speak unto thee am he. The hour cometh, and now is. Amen. And upon this, verse 27, and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Upon this came his disciples, where were they? 
Huh? Where were they? Verse 5 says, or, um, or there in the chapter, it says the disciples went into the city to get meat. And so while Jesus comes, when he comes to Sychar and he sits on the well, or city of Sychar, he sits on the well, the disciples go into the city to buy meat. And the woman comes out of the city to get water. They go to feed their face. She goes to get saved, unbeknownst to her. She goes to get physical water, but she got spiritual water that day. And then while, while he's leading her to Christ to himself, while he's given her salvation, the, Jew, the, the, uh, the, the other Jewish people, the disciples, they went into the city to go get some food. They wanted something to eat. And they're wiping crumbs off their face, and they come back out here, and Jesus is still sitting there at the well, and he's talking to this woman that they pass by as she's coming out, and they're going into the city, and they stuck their nose up at her and passed by on the other side of the trail, no doubt, all 12 of them. And then she comes out on the other side of the trail and goes and talks to Jesus. And they, they come on here and they're like, they're marveling. Why is he talking to her? You're going to see some conviction here. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went into the city, passes them the opposite direction now. She goes into the city. Watch what happens. She goes into the city and saith to the men. She didn't carry her water pot to go do dishes. She, she left that. She didn't care about that. There's more important things here now. Hey, I got saved, amen. Jesus saved my soul. She tells the men of the city, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She probably went to the same drive-thru at McDonald's and, and told those men who sold the fries to the guys that went back out and marveled that Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman. Twelve disciples sitting there marveling that he's witnessing to somebody who's not religious, or who's not of their religion, he's not a Jew. Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. So, she goes and witnesses, I, I'm just, for, for illustration, I'm just saying, she probably witnessed and, and, and told the same men that sold the sandwiches to these guys, there's probably ham and bacon, you know? I mean, Samaritans, come on, they can, they, can have, they can have that. The Jewish people didn't have it. Thank God for grace, amen? Amen. So, in the meanwhile, what's going on here? <clears throat> In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Hey, I brought you some cold fries. Have some. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said his disciples, they're, they're looking at him, and he's saying to them, I, I got meat to eat that you know not of. There, there's bigger things here than cold fries, guys. Amen. Jesus said to him, my, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, I love this picture. I've been staring at it all, all morning. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already harvest. Hey, I'm telling you, look out here in Bellingham. There's, there's people ready to get saved right now. There's lost people where you work. You know how I know that? Because they're not sitting in this church this morning. Huh? They're lost. They need salvation. And they're not going to just get saved by your testimony. That's a good, that's a good witness, by the way, your testimony, how, how you conduct yourselves and, and your appearance and your, your talk. All that stuff's very important. It absolutely is. 
Jesus had to talk to this woman. She didn't just get saved by looking at him. She didn't even know he was a prophet. She suspected so. Amen. I perceive that thou art a prophet. I'm, I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords, you know. Amen. And he's telling his disciples, he's, he's ripping them apart, man. We quote that verse all the time. That's, that's a great verse to be, be a, a, have an evangelistic mind. That's a great verse for our situational awareness to be aware that there's people right here, right now that need to be saved. Not tomorrow. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. But in the context here, read it. I, I just read it for you. Jesus is ripping these guys apart, man. They just came out of the city to buy meat to stuff their faces, okay? And, and he's tearing them apart. I have meat to eat that you know. Hey, there's more important things to do than get lunch. What is wrong with you? Watch what he says. He, he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That woman got saved. She got eternal life that day. Amen. Because he wasn't interested in french fries. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor. They could have led that woman to Christ in the trail. I sent you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor. We don't have any account in this passage of Scripture where someone gave her a gospel tract. But she knew that Messiah was coming. She was very familiar with the Jews' religion. She knew that someday there would be hope that somehow the Jewish people get saved and maybe I can get in on that. This isn't the only person here that Jesus, that was a Samaritan or a Gentile that Jesus gave salvation to. I sent you to reap, whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you entered into their labors. And then meanwhile, back over here in the city, it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. And not just one or two converts. Brother, I ain't had many saved in, in, in years collectively. And here it is, The hour cometh, and now is. And she's over here and it says that many of the men of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. And all she did was just give her testimony. Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Amen. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days. And I, there's no reason, to, I mean, you can't, I can't say yeah, this is how it happened, but you can't say no, it's not how it happened. That the same men that sold French fries to them are the same men that come out here and they want to see Jesus for themselves and say, hey, would you stay with us? Can you imagine the conviction on the disciples' parts? Let's go through it again real fast. Jesus sits on the well. They go, I sent you to reap, prone you bestowed no labor. They didn't go reap. They went to go get food and to stuff their face. And they look in disdain at this woman going out to get well, uh, going out to the well to get water with her water pot. She ain't worth a track. They purchase, I'm just kidding, ham sandwiches. And they stuff their faces and they bring some back to Jesus. They ain't leaving them people a gospel track. They're unclean. And they come back out here and he's talking to the woman. And then she goes back into the city. They still they don't know she's saved. They could probably look at her countenance and tell it was different than the first time they saw her. Uh, my countenance was different when I left the church that I got saved in. Amen. 
If your countenance didn't change, your situation probably didn't either. I'm just saying, if you didn't change, you probably didn't get saved. Old things are passed away, all things become new. If you didn't change, you probably didn't get saved. A prayer don't save you. A change in the heart does. And then they, they come out here and they're marveling and she goes away there and he said, Master, eat. And he tells them, there's more important things to eat than eating, fellas. I sent you to reap. Mission failure. Man, I, 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 I just hope I don't hear those words. I don't think I'm going to I'm, I'm hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't think I'm going to hear that. I'm just hoping I don't hear mission failure. I mean, I just want to be faithful. Amen. I don't want to quit. I don't want to drop out. You ain't quit. You've had plenty of excuses to. None of us have a reason to because we ain't gone through what Paul's gone through. We don't have a reason to. We got excuses. Sure. Oh, I got excuses. It's cold. It's hard. Man, I left my house four times one day to go to Healy Lake. Four times I had to leave my house. I forgot stuff. I forgot emergency gear. I forgot food. I forgot my Bible with the message in it. I forgot. And I'm telling you, after the coming back to my house, it's seven hours one way to where you start the going over across by, by snow machine to this place. And it's just 12 hours on the road with a two-wheel drive truck. I'm like, this is four times. My nerves are shot. I ain't even left the driveway yet for the last time. Got excuses. That's no reason. And she told me, I'm, I'm crying, man. I'm like, I, I can't take it. I, I ain't going. She's like, you got to go. She said, maybe somebody will get saved. Brian Erickson made a profession of faith that evening. Amen. We got excuses sometimes, but it ain't a good reason. Hell's hot. Hell's real. Hell's forever. And maybe you've got your fire insurance, but there's people out here that don't even know what fire insurance is. Would you stay with us? And he said he abode there. John said that he abode there two days. Could you imagine the conviction on the 12 godliest preacher men on the planet at this time? I mean, you mentioned Brother Mark Smith, yourself, me. Just think of three of us, maybe some other guys. Think, man, if all, you know, there are 12 of us in the presence of Jesus, and he's like, you sit down, brother, you sit down, I got this. And he's the one for two days having a revival meeting with the Samaritans, and we just get to watch. Can you imagine the conviction? Because we failed, because we quit, because we looked for excuses. I just couldn't imagine that for, I mean, I, 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 we've only been here for what, two hours this morning? Two hours and ten minutes? But imagine 48 hours. I don't think they went home. They didn't have a home to go to. I think it was a 48-hour meeting. And Jesus doing all the preaching. Amen. He abode there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. Amen. And we're going to stop right there. He says, I must needs go through Samaria. There's, there's a woman who has hope in the Jewish religion. She's going to come to the well, and I'm going to tell her how to be saved. I need to go through Samaria. Folks, I, I need to go to Alaska. I need to go to Alaska. Thank God for the people that's prayed for us, helped us, and come to preach with us. Man, I, I don't ever want to quit. 
I do enjoy a good steak. I like, I like the, no lie, you, you, said, you said five guys just got off the phone. I said, hey, he said he's going to take us to five guys. There was much rejoicing. We love going to, I mean, we don't have those up there. It's good food, man. But uh, I'm not interested in anything to eat right now. I mean, I'm having myself a time. Amen. Maybe you're thinking more about eating. But those 12 disciples were thinking that way too. I just couldn't imagine the conviction that those guys must have had in their heart when Jesus said, I sent you to reap. Jesus led her to Christ. And then she, by herself, goes into the city and witnesses. It didn't say the three people at McDonald's. It says many of the men believed on her or believed on him for the saying of the woman. And she didn't quit there. Those men came back out to see Jesus, and the Bible says that many more believed because of his own word. The hour cometh and now is. Many and many more. We have have many people here this morning in this building. If all of us were lost, all of us got saved this morning, that would be many people got saved at Evergreen Baptist Church. But then over the next two days, many more get saved because of the meeting or the revival service. We don't see that happening. Why is that? I don't think it's God's fault. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come repent in 2 Peter 3, 9. So whose fault is it? It's our fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. Apathetic, lackadaisical Christians. That's why we got Obama for eight years. That's why Clinton got, got elected. I'm just telling you. A, a, a faithful church pew warmer that sat on this side of the church in San Antonio, Texas, when we were there, voted for Obama because I wanted to make history. You're an idiot. You're living for today. You're living for me. You're living for now. You're not thinking about these young people. You're not thinking about these young people. You're not thinking about the gospel. You're not thinking about people getting saved. When my oldest son got saved, the very first thing he did was call around the globe to tell people that he got saved. Japan, Spain, all over the U.S. Woke up a lot of people. I wasn't going to tell him no. Nobody fussed at me for letting my boy wake them up. Do you get excited? The angels do. Amen. When somebody gets saved, that's exciting. Man, I, I gave it to Kiowa there on the boat bow, both barrels. I mean, I'm kind of looking at, at my backup, and I'm just seeing big eyeballs. are like, holy cow, Dad. I mean, I let him have it, man. He didn't make a profession of faith that day. But that's okay. I did what God told me to do. I'm not accountable for his decisions. No more than Jesus is accountable for the Samaritan woman's decision. But we must be faithful. God in heaven, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Father, for this just exciting message you gave me years ago. Thank you for letting me preach it again. Thank you that my kids didn't fall asleep. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can have your, your assurance, Lord, that we're saved, your assurance that you're for us, your assurance that we have a work to do. Lord, you've sent us to, to labor on a field. Uh, Lord, where other men have labored, other people have plowed for us. Lord, we just got to gather the harvest. And just help us, Heavenly Father, to use wisdom. And uh, Lord, be uh, uh, committed to telling more people about your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.